0: Dual wireless charging pads, so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All of these teams we're going to talk about are teams that have draft capital. We're not talking about teams like the Lakers or the Nets that are at crossroads as well. We're talking about teams with lottery picks. Who's going to be able to maximize their lottery picks with the situation that they're in? Number one for me, and this is in no particular order because I don't want to be biased, right? So I'm going to say one team before the team that I think is number one needs to kill the draft. Number number one on this list, not most important team, but teams whom for this is a very important draft, Charlotte Hornets, number one. This team needs a good draft, even more now, given that Kenny Atkinson was supposed to take the job as head coach, one of the best talent developers in the league, and he abandoned ship at the very last moment. You know that there's a franchise in disarray when you had a coach and he backed out and said it was for family reasons. Like, he's staying in Golden State. And rumors are it's because he wasn't allowed to bring his own assistants. I even heard some little side jokes from other NBA insiders where they're like, yeah, some owners in certain NBA teams, some won't even let their coaches choose their own assistants. They didn't say who it was, but I already heard that rumor and I was like, that's obviously what they're talking about. So what does this mean for a team with two first rounders this year? If MJ can't keep his hands out of the cookie jar, man, I don't know. Right? Is he going to get involved again? Are 13 and 15 going to be MJ's picks? Or are they going to be Mitch Kupchak's pitch? They chose uh, James Booknight last year. James Booknight at 13, again, I'll just say this. He didn't perform up to the expectations that you would think a 13 pick would make. There's a lot of impact guys defensively, offensively, that came in later than James Booknight and really contributed to the team, a la Herb Jones. Hayward's got to be moved if you want to max out Miles Bridges. And that probably means sending one of your firsts along the way, right? So you've got to probably send a first to move Hayward in order to max Miles Bridges. Booknight was your lottery pick. He didn't turn out. You got 13 and 15 again. You need to figure it out. You've been in the play in two years now. You had the worst defense in the league. You don't even have a coach before the draft. I don't even know what kind of coaching style you're gonna have. There's a lot of questions about whether Mike D'Antoni is gonna come in. Okay, one of the worst defenses in the league can't protect the rim. Mike D'Antoni. One of these things do not fit like the other. If you're trying to fix that, I don't know what you're doing. Right? You're probably gonna have to use 13 or 15 to get rid of Hayward. So it means whoever you get at 15 needs to bring value. To me, the number one guy that they can get, and I scan through. All the drafts, all the mocks, all the players, all that. Number one player that Charlotte Hornet fans should be rooting for them to select. And maybe they keep both. Maybe they keep 13 and 15 and they figure out a way to move Hayward without those. You need Mark Williams from Duke. Need him. Great rim protector. Probably a more mature, smart, smarter, higher IQ, immediate impact guy than Rob Williams. He's like a a smarter, more mature Rob Williams. Seven footer, can protect the rim. And I think that makes the most sense. You could probably get him at 15 because you know that Cleveland at 14 isn't selecting another big man. If you end up keeping number 13, I could see them going after a perimeter player as well. If you could get, say, a Jeremy Sochan, if he falls down there, I like that. If you can get a Dyson Daniels, if he falls there, find some guy that can defend on the perimeter. Because right now you ain't got it like that. You got Kelly Oubre and you got Hayward and it's just not working out. The most important team that needs to kill the draft, in my opinion, is Portland. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not because it's my team either. It's not because of that. Because this team says they want to contend right now. You're talking about a team that's got top seven, seventh pick in the draft, Literally, I read an article it was so disrespectful. They said the only two good teams that are drafting in the lottery are San Antonio and I forget the other. one. But it wasn't Portland. And I'm like, what do you mean? We went to the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago. We t- tried to tank. This team tanked on purpose, right? OK, so they need to hit the draft out of the park. They need to come out the blocks. It's moving pieces are on draft night, moving the pick all together. There is an urgency. They have promised Dame they are building a contender and retooling around him. They can't around and get a, in a project? What do you mean? Like, Dame's going to be like, you just drafted Shaden Sharp? Okay, like, when is he going to contribute? Because I'm 30 in my mid-30s. Portland needs viable, viable pick pieces yesterday. So... And I don't think it's Caljan Blevins that's going to contribute yesterday, right? Joe Cronin, the GM, the good thing about him is he's valuing length, athleticism. He said he values the ability to play multiple positions and guard multiple positions, uh, defend on the perimeter, switch everything, shoot threes. That's a good start in terms of how you think about guys. My favorite player at number seven? Benedict Matherin. I love him. I've always loved him since the beginning of the season, since October. I've been all up in his DMs being like, come to Portland, come to Portland, come to Portland. He shot up the board in the low double digits from the low double digits now to the top five picks. So I don't even know if he's going to be there. He might go to Detroit. I have no idea. He might go to Indiana. I don't know. Based on Joe Cronin's comments, I can see this team either taking maybe a Dyson Daniels. I could also see them taking Shaden Sharp even though he's a project just because he's long. And maybe they're lying. Maybe they are going to shop game. I have no idea. But Dyson, Dyson Daniels is long. He's athletic. He has great court vision. He can pass like Josh Giddy. He can defend. He can shoot. As for Shaden, he could end up being a superstar. A lot of chatter also around Portland trading number seven for OG Ananobi and some pieces. Maybe also trying to get that, uh, user 2025 first round pick from the Bucks along with the, the pick in the 50s to try to make a three-team trade work where you get O.G. Ananobi and John Collins. Mm-hmm. That would be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. But there's a lot of recent chatter that Portland's keeping their seventh pick. Again, but teams are out here lying recklessly. So that could be very easily a lie. I could see that being something that they're just taking people off the scent and trying to make it sound like they have their pick in mind so that that pick seems more valuable to other teams. Another team uh, that I think needs to really kill this is the Wizards. Huge offseason for the Wizards. Much like Boston, they haven't been able to find that elusive point guard after John Wall got injured and then got shipped away. They tried out Spencer Dinwiddie. He wasn't really a point guard. They tried out Ish Smith. They tried out Raul Nettle. They tried out Cassius Winston. They tried out Aaron Holiday. The list goes on and on. They tried out Bradley Beal. Is Bradley Beal the point guard for the Wizards of the future? I don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think so. A lot of chatter right now about the Wizards moving up to the number four spot for Jaden Ivey or trading three first rounds, this 10th pick and two first in the future for SGA or DeJounte Marie. What do all those guys have in common? They're not really point guards. They're not. They're combo guards. They're score first guards. Pair that with what Tommy Shepard said yesterday during uh, whatever media availability it was. He said, listen, I'm traditional. I like point guards to set the offense and try to get everyone involved and move the ball because you see the results. When we move the ball, we're pretty good. Let me ask you this. Which three of those is setting the table? Which three of those is getting everybody the ball? You think Jaden Ivey's passing the ball? No. Jaden Ivey doesn't even know how to pass the ball when he's driving and kicking effectively no so to me what what the Wizards should do is they should probably trade that pick for a piece go after Tyus Jones trade the number 10 pick to Memphis try to figure out a way to get something like that also go after Jalen Brunson in free agency if you could get a Johnny Davis maybe sit him and then go after Jalen Brunson or Tyus Jones and even Here's a little crazy thought, because he'll be available in December in terms of playing. Ricky Rubio makes a ton of sense. Ricky Rubio is the perfect playmaker, set the table, get everybody involved, can put up 30. He and Bradley Beal together, if, if Ricky Rubio was fully healthy, and I know that's a big if, they would be really good together. And now you've got to ask, too, the big issue, of course, is what, what is Bradley Beal going to do? How this draft ends up, what they end up doing in free agency will absolutely play a factor in how Bradley Beal sees and views the future of this franchise. He And you don't need to do much. You don't really. Because he already is so delusional because he wants to believe. He wants to believe that the Wizards will compete for a championship while he's in his prime. The answer that everyone, including Wizards fans, know is that it's never going to happen. Bradley Beal will never be on a contender in the the District of Columbia. Never. Not going to happen. Doesn't matter what happens. You add coups and this and that. Does not matter. Ricky Rubio, coups, Beal, not a contender. And he's a loyal dude. His loyalty is creating a pair of rose-colored, delusional glasses about what this team can do. If Beal and when Beal... Resigns for the max contract. Now you got a whole other set of problems because you're paying him 60-something million dollars a year and you're trying to build a winner, just like Portland, trying to keep Dame happy. If he tests the waters and heads somewhere else, much easier scenario. You sign and trade him, get a bunch of picks, get some little young assets, and it's a full-on rebuild. You know the direction of your franchise. Right now, you're trying to do two things at once, which is lie to Bradley Beal and tell him it's a contender and kind of make him happy and appease him while simultaneously collecting young assets. Some mocks have the Wizards taking Johnny Davis at 10. I don't hate that. But again, it would not shock me if Tommy Shepard made another big, splashy move on draft day like he did with Russell Westbrook. Moving him for all those pieces. KCP, coos. Another team that needs to do something, Kings. Kings is at a crossroads. They have a very desirable pick at number four, but the luck or unluck of the draw makes this draft a three-player race. Jabari from Auburn, Chet from Gonzaga, and Paolo from Duke. The best players remaining happen to be guards, which is exactly what the Sacramento Kings keep drafting and then having to figure out how to play them all. So the issue is, do the dra- do the Kings do the whole best available thing and then take a guard like they've done before and take Ivy? Or do they get this NBA ready-made player in Keegan Murray, a forward who has less upside? Somebody said to me last night, which is exactly what I've been telling you, Brock, that Keegan Murray seems like Kuzma in terms of his upside. If Kyle Kuzma, and I think that's a big-ass reach, like Keegan Murray will never, let me just say this. I'll, stamp, I'll put my stamp on this. I don't like to say what players can be and who they can become if they get developed. But I think that there is almost less than a 0% chance that Keegan Murray becomes as good as Kyle Kuzma. And if your abs... Exactly. And if your <laughs> upside doesn't even reach, because they've got the same body comps, they've got the same style of play, Kuzma's absolutely a better athletic specimen than uh, our man Keegan Murray, in my opinion. He's also a little bit old. And, and our man Kyle Kuzma wasn't a top five pick. He was drafted in the 20s, wasn't he? And listen, maybe it was because Kuz went to Utah and Iowa was this force. But holy shit, if, you're, if your absolute maximum ceiling is Kuz, I don't know necessarily if I'm taking in top five. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4... Featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with Fresh Foam, it's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com.